coming into this program has opened me into a whole new world of association leadership, a whole new world of ideas and the amount of connections and knowledge between the members of our cohort, the speakers that are brought in, the alumni that are brought in. It is such a useful tool to have. I now have these resources that I didn't have before. I now have these connections that I didn't have before. Just one of the many reasons association executives in Virginia are taking advantage of VSAE's Association Leadership Virginia. And there's so much more to learn in this episode of VSAE Connections, an original podcast series focused on the interconnectivity of Virginia's association community produced by the Virginia Society of Association Executives. I'm Colby Horton, and I'm here with my colleague and co-host, Frank Humada. Hey, Frank. Hey, Colby. In this episode, we're talking to two participants in this year's cohort of Association Leadership Virginia. This program focuses on developing leaders for Virginia's association community. And participants gain valuable leadership and association management skills, build professional and personal relationships with colleagues from across the Commonwealth, and map out a plan to achieve their individual goals regardless of career stage. That's right, Colby. ALV is developed and delivered by experienced leaders and association professionals and is tailored specifically to Virginia's association community. The program runs October through May, offering a collaborative approach and creating meaningful relationships. And we'd like to extend our congratulations to the class of 2023 who graduate on the day this episode drops. So today we welcome Kristen Reed, CMP, Vice President of Education and Training for the Virginia Bankers Association, and Eric Hash, CEO of the Harrisonburg Rockingham Association of Realtors. We've got a lot to discuss, so let's connect with Kristen and Eric. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen and Eric. How are y'all doing? Good, good. Doing great. Happy to be here. Yes. We're happy to have y'all. And to start us off, Eric, can you tell us a little bit about your career journey in the association world? My career journey started like many. It had absolutely nothing to do with what I do now. I didn't know or really understand what associations did or were. I came to a place at my current position that I knew it was time for the next thing. I didn't have any idea what the next thing was, but I knew it was time. I had organizational leadership and some education and, and things like that. So I saw a job posting for an association executive at the Realtor Association where I was living. Not having any idea what that job was, I applied and was hired within the month. Once I got started in the work, I realized, wow, this is something I really enjoy. I started not knowing anything about real estate. A common question, I'm not a licensed realtor. I cannot buy or sell real estate. And it's been something that finding that trade association has been a great outlet for many of the talents that I have, many of the experiences that I have. It's brought together a lot of it without having any idea what it was when I started. It's moved from what we could say was a job to a career. I've moved on from the first association I was a part of moved my family to a, a, a new city, a new place. And, you know, it's something that I, I feel at 40 years old now, I've found my career. I found my spot after doing a lot of different things leading to this boy. Very inspiring answer. You good, Kristen? Hi. So like Eric, my journey definitely didn't start in the association world. And I've actually jumped industries. I've gone human services, construction aggregates, sales and have bounced around. And it was in my last organization that I found the conference and training planning role and fell in love with that. Fell in love. I, like I told 
people. I'm like, I figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up when I was almost 40. And so was at that last organization for several years. And then the time just came where it was a small organization. It was just time to move on to something new. So started looking and very much stumbled into the association world when I was looking for a new role. And obviously applied, was was hired. And the journey here and my passion around association and association management has grown to things that I wasn't expecting when I came here and just the opportunities and the opportunities to give back to our members. So like I said, I kind of, it was a stumbling act and I hate to say it was um, accidental, but it was one of the best accidents of finding myself in the association world and has led me to where I am now. Why did you decide to take advantage of the ALD program? So I had recently accepted a new role with the Virginia Bankers Association where I was going to be stepping up and leading the education and training department. So when the opportunity was proposed to me, ALB just seemed like a great opportunity to not only develop some leadership skills, but also become more plugged in and build my network within the association community. Nice. And Eric, how about you? I am still fairly new to the association world, and I was looking to speed up my my leadership process a bit in addition to the daily workload also the CAE hours you know progressing towards that and it was a recommendation of a colleague of mine that had gone through the program and so a combination of factors kind of pushed me in that direction what are some challenges you've encountered in the association space and how has the ALV program helped you with these challenges well I'm a CEO of a small association. So with that comes the wearing of many, many hats. You know, I don't have uh, staff specialists that cover so many things. And so it's trying to be the jack of all trades, master of none type thing that happens. And being able to tap into those masters of the trade that, that I found through ALB has been really, really helpful. Kristen, how about you? So as I mentioned, I am relatively new in my role when I when ALV started, I had only been leading the education and training efforts for three, four months. So I feel like it is one challenge after another. It's exciting and I'm learning a lot, but I am definitely still learning and developing in my role. So I feel like ALB has helped me deal with things differently or even just to have a different perspective on challenges I'm faced with in my role. And I think that's very important as part of this program. You know, not only are you learning from speakers and you're learning from the tools that have been developed, but you're also learning peer to peer. You're talking to folks who have the same challenges as you and can certainly teach you a lot about what's going on. So I think that's a, a really great part of this program. Another part that I think is really unique are these assignments that have been asked of you all. And these assignments have, you know, are basically stretched from the beginning until the end. And one of those assignments that you're working on is called My Leadership Journey. So I'm, I'm going to ask each of you as part of that assignment, if you're willing to share, Kristen, I'll start with you. Can you share where you see yourself going and what you learn from hearing from others? I'm going to, I'm going to reverse that if that's okay. I'm going to hit on what I learned from hearing from others. I learn by stories. So hearing people's stories and what they've encountered and how they've grown through them to get to where they are now and where they see themselves going 
that's what resonates with me are people's stories. So I think each person's presentation, I've walked away with some little nugget. Eric, I'm going to pick on you since you're sitting here. <laughs> um, Eric referenced uh, Jim Collins in his presentation. And, you know, I was familiar somewhat with Jim Collins, but that was something that I realized I wanted to go back and, and learn more about. So, you know, I've learned, I've just taken a nugget from each person's story to bring back to my own journey. And as far as where I'm going, I don't know if I can, if I really have a definite path. I love the education and training that portion of the association world. So I want to continue to grow in that and look at new ways as things evolve, as technology evolves, how we can bring increased value to our members in the education realm. So I just hope to continue to grow in that arena as I move forward. Excellent. Eric, let me turn it over to you. Same, same question. Yeah, much the same way Krista spoke of hearing the different stories and different journeys to get to where we're at. My leadership journey, you know, I shared started at a young age. Leadership's kind of been wired in me. It's a a natural step for me. When no one wants to be the leader, I'm the one to step forward because I I talked about it. I like to be in charge and I like to make decisions. So with that kind of comes the natural progression, I believe, of where I'm at now and building a stronger and stronger base of leadership and understanding, moving into this association world, you know, future gatherings, uh, continuing with more of uh, state and national leadership in the association world than I work in, continued work in committees and, and that type of thing I see in moving into my future. Excellent. And just for our, our listeners, uh, Kristen, you brought up Jim Collins and it was a story that came from Eric. So would one of y'all tell us who Jim Collins is? Yeah. So in the, the leadership summary, I was, or leadership journey, I was just talking about the level five leader, some of the work done in good to great Jim Collins did and, you know, kind of taking my journey through the different levels and and trying to reach that level five leader was the focus of of my presentation. Now, there's another assignment that challenges you to do something you've never done and do it great. Would someone be willing to share what that something is for you? Absolutely. So for the longest time, I have wanted to learn to throw clay, pottery wheel, throw clay, create something that resembles something that can be useful. And I, I, when I say for the longest time, I'm talking back into like elementary school, middle school time frame. It's been a while that I've wanted to do it. And for whatever reason, I've always come up with reasons not to do it or just has fallen down the list of things. And so when we were presented with the Dr. Norman challenge to find something not related necessarily to work, but we're going to enjoy, you know, we're going to find joy in it. I figured this is the time. It's it's a great opportunity to take advantage of it. And took a class and have fallen in love with this hobby. And I'm signed up for another class. I've mastered the art of squat little bowls and short mugs. If you are into espresso, I would like to master the art of, of something a little bit larger. But it is something that has provided me a fulfillment that I didn't even know it was going to break. So I'm so thankful for that opportunity to do this. That's great. For mine, uh, I had to kind of challenge myself to not achieve a professional goal in that a new certification, a new letter behind my name or, or whatever it may be, because I tend to be drawn to those things, but they're all professional development. So I looked at outside of my association work, I coach soccer, a ton. So that has become a 
move beyond a hobby to a second job, essentially. So I move beyond that. So there are two essential things that I kind of do for me. That's smoke cigars and drink bourbon. That's my time and my relaxation. So I am, and I passed my test yesterday, I am a certified bourbon steward. And so I, through the Statement Thief Society out of Louisville, Kentucky, I am now a certified bourbon steward. And that was my challenge was to do that. That's fantastic. What's your, what's your favorite bourbon? Oh, the list is endless. Um, so much of it is dependent on what's available and what you can get your hands on. So, you know, in Virginia, we have state controlled alcohol sales. So it's all based off of what's dropping that week and what you can get your hands on. For me, I can go to the store and get it anytime, any day. Go to is probably just a basic Knob Creek. That's my go to. We're asking important questions here on the podcast and getting some great answers. So thank you. So I think what's really great about the assignment that you just described is, you know, leaders tend to focus on work and on coworkers and family. They don't really get to focus a lot on themselves. So for both of y'all to be able to, you know, do something for yourself, something you enjoy, something you've always wanted to, to do, I think is really great. So you've been exposed to several speakers and tools within this program. What or who are some of your favorites that we can talk about? The speakers who have come in to our sessions have all been wonderful and have all given us different insights to parts of the association world that they lead or manage. So that's been, it's all been great. I think one that really has stuck with me, Scott McRoberts came in in our February session. He's the executive director for the Virginia Council of CEOs. And after his presentation, he took us through an exercise. And what it basically was, was a, a roundtable session where we shared a situation that was going on personally or professionally. And it was, you were getting feedback back from our other members of our cohort, but it was feedback that was based on their own experiences. So it wasn't, hey, Kristen, I think you should, or have you thought about this? It was, this was, I, I was in this situation and it sounds similar. This is how I handled it. And it was just, it was, I didn't realize how impactful it was going to be just to hear other people's experiences on something that I was struggling with. And I think I came away with more ideas and thoughts, not only from my situations, but hearing other people's situations and being able to reflect back to them on my experiences. One of the most useful tools that I found is is our talk from the executive director, uh, Christina, from Association of Technology Leaders in Independent Schools. She gave us a quick and easy SWOT analysis, and it was a SWOT analysis that you did without putting your S, your W, your T. It was just simply leading questions that when you came out of it, go, there's your SWOT analysis. I find SWOT analysis somewhat difficult at times to do. But the quick and easy version that she, she gave us was really useful to get to what you want out of the SWOT analysis without doing one. And so each and every one of them have been able to provide us with useful tools that have taken us to an, uh, another level that, that our leadership wasn't at. That's excellent. And Kristen, how have you tapped into the experiences of your peers to, to help you with that situation? So I think the the exercise that I referenced just in the last question with Scott McRoberts, you hear about each other's experiences and there is a bubble of trust there that you know you, you can talk about what you're struggling with or where 
in an idea you want to implement and people will share their path and how they've used some different tools or what they've done in similar situations. That, like I said, that that roundtable discussion with, that Scott led was invaluable. And I was taking notes not only on people's feedback from my situation, but also making notes on other people's situations as well and how I can take them back and implement them in my role. And then Eric, how about you? So we've had the opportunity to kind of hear each other's stories to to better understand their positions. And, and I've referenced it a bit before having a little bit more staff specialists around sharing ideas outside of my realm. I, I work in the, the realtor world and having other associations sharing ideas for things like non-dues revenue. What are the things they're doing? What are, what are the creative ideas that they've kind of come up with that allow them to, to find some non-dues revenue? What kind of communications are they putting out? What tools are they using in those communications? That type of sharing I've found to be really useful. I think that's great. It's a testament to the association community as well. You know, we can all be in different industries within the association world, but to be able to share ideas that cross different industries and be able to implement, whether you're a realtor or whether you're a school technologist or a radiologist or whatever, it really helps there. So I think that peer-to-peer sharing is a valuable part of this program. So I want to end it with asking both of you, what would you say to someone who is thinking about applying for this program the next time around? I would tell them it's an amazing opportunity to expand your knowledge. You know, Eric has referenced how he's in the position where he's overseeing all areas of his association. Many of us in the cohort are focused on our individual roles within the association, mine being education and training. It's been an amazing opportunity to expand my my knowledge, not only within the association community and my network in Virginia, but also just my knowledge around the entire association to have a more holistic view of how things are run, what can be done with non-dues revenue. So it's a great opportunity to expand your knowledge. It's also a great opportunity just to expand your network and realize there are resources out there outside of your individual association that can help you and build that relationship and trust with those other folks in your cohort. I'm fortunate in my industry to have a ton of support in the realtor world. Between our state and national associations, we get a lot of support, a lot of education, a lot of conferences, a lot of things that are very realtor specific. And coming into this program has opened me into a whole new world of association leadership, a whole new world of ideas and the amount of connections and knowledge between the members of our cohort, the speakers that are brought in, the alumni that are brought in. It is such a useful tool to have. I now have these resources that I didn't have before. I now have these connections that I didn't have before. It may not be something I use tomorrow, but it may be three months down the road that shared experience with all of these people, or I have that shared experience with this person that came in and shared their story. Then I know that I can always continually tap in because that's what ALV is about, that we're sharing these experiences. We're sharing our, our stories and you see that from the alumni that come in, how much they value that. And they're still willing to give back to the program, even though they're not currently going through it. And, you know, I look forward to being a part of that in the future as well of, you know, continually sharing those resources. I think that's another great aspect of the program, listening to those that have already gone through it and then how they're using what they've learned today. So, yeah, I want to thank you both for your insights today and for talking about the program and your involvement in it. So thanks for joining us. 
Well, thank you so much. All right, thanks. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of BSAE Connections. Join us each month as we continue our conversations with BSAE members about life, work, and the communities they serve. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And on behalf of VSAE, I'm Colby Horton with Frank Humata. Thanks again for listening.